Welcome to On the Radar, episode number six. This is part two of a four-part series featuring Matt Poirier of Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. In this episode, Matt and CTEA's Don Moore explore the need for investment in innovation in the manufacturing sector. Canada risks being left behind in the wake of massive investment by the U.S. government through its trillion-dollar infrastructure bill. If Canada is to stay competitive, we're going to need a little help. CME's Matt Poirier is working hard to ensure that we're not left out. To flesh that out a bit, here's your host, the Canadian Transportation Equipment Association's Director of Government and Industry Relations, Don Moore. This is Don Moore, Director of Government and Industry Relations at the Canadian Transportation Equipment Association. I'm back again uh, with our On the Radar podcast. Uh, today, uh, I again have Mark, uh, Matt Poirier from the Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters back with me to talk about the second pillar of the CME's action plan for the Canadian government. Uh, welcome back, Matt. Thanks, Don. Now, Matt, uh, let's remind the listeners of the four pillars uh, first and uh, what the CME asked for the Canadian government at the last uh, last budget. Sure. The four pillars that we talk to government um, that are all informed by manufacturers concerned are um, the number one pillar obviously is attracting uh, workers and and helping us with our labor shortages and our skills shortages when it comes to training. The second one, which we're talking about today, is how do we drive innovation and, and get companies to increase their investment and then ultimately how to help them adopt more advanced technologies and automation. So that's what we're talking about today. And then the other uh, two pillars are the very important one of increasing the size of the manufacturing footprint in the Canadian economy and, and how that will lead to expanding our exports. And then the last one, which is gonna be a big one uh, in the decades to come, is how do we help manufacturers uh, hit that net zero future and make sure that we have all the energy that's going to be required to do that. And so let's now focus on pillar number two, which uh, gets into innovation and uh, maybe defining a little bit of innovation. I know when uh, I was talking to somebody recently and saying, you know, there is that really kind of sexy innovation with uh in, you know, artificial intelligence and auto, you know, um, autonomous vehicles and all those things. But that's not necessarily everything we're talking about. There's an awful lot of innovation with small, medium-sized companies that are just, they come up with a better way to do something. It's just uh, very, very simple, but very solid solution uh, to a problem that uh, that exists and, and that they can they can fix and and you look at it and sort of like, hey, I wish I'd thought of that. If you can outline uh, how the yeah. CME has been looking at it. No, you're 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 absolutely right, Don. Innovation always gets, I think, mischaracterized as you know, like you said, one of these big sexy high tech things. Whereas in reality, most innovation and the best kind of innovation is really simple stuff. It's adopting uh, lean processes when we're talking about manufacturing, right? How do we move better in the plant? How do we make sure workers are, are, are maximizing their time and simplifying their work? It, it's a lot of, 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 of 
of those types of small things that really add up at the end of the day to make um, more productive uh, technology. And then all along that spectrum, you know, from those very simple small things, which is important to do first, then you move on to, you know, big investments in industry 4.0 technology, softwares, and more complicated things. So that whole spectrum is important. And what we're focused on at the association at CME and when we're talking with government is how do we incentive companies at every stage of that spectrum? And how do we make sure that, you know, on a big picture, um, it, it happens across the economy? So that's really what, how we define it, how we look at it, how we're uh, positioned for it. And, and then the big thing for us is, you know, how do you enable it? Well, you got to start with the biggest roadblock, which is money. How do you um, incent or give money to companies to do uh, these investments and to, to create these changes? So that's what we're focused on primarily when it comes to this. Yeah, one of the things I, I kind of got thinking about recently uh, with, with regards to that was uh, what's better for our economy? Having investment from, you know, internally or getting that, uh, the investment from, uh, from other uh, sources overseas? Um, because there are now some that we'd rather not have be borrowing money from or really? or having invest in in certain aspects of our economy and yet uh there's others that uh you know we certainly would like to see and um you know uh, you know we've got a we're a small country so there was kind of limited resource as far as that goes so if you can sort of delve into a little bit of you know that investment piece and where could that money, uh, because I think that's what we're also trying to do, not just say, hey, let's have some money from the government, but let's encourage investment into uh, into our industries. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Don. I mean, we're all proud Canadians, but we have to be real, too. We are a small country uh, with a relatively small population that's growing really quickly, mind you. We're going to hit the 40 million mark this summer, which is a pretty big milestone. Yeah. Um, yes. But that said, of the G7 countries that we're part of, we're the smallest country by about half, right? So we still have a, a ways to go there. But... What's important is that we we make these investments and, and you know, there, there's many ways to skin this cat. <laughs> but um, if, first of all, we, we need to have that foreign direct investment that you're talking about um, just because our market's so small. And, and you can attract that through a number of ways. We have a new agency and, you know, we have our doubts whether agencies really help in the end, but it's something uh, called Invest Canada that's designed to go attract that foreign FDI uh, investment. Um, but you attract uh, these types of investment by uh, having good business conditions in Canada. So we can use maybe the Volkswagen example, um, which was recently announced a $13 billion investment in uh, in uh, St. Thomas, Ontario, that's going to be producing Volkswagen's batteries uh, for its, its cars. So that's a massive investment. The government had to put in a lot of money to attract that. 
And you can make the argument that, well, we had to bribe people <laughs> with that amount of money because we aren't competitive in other areas. And that's true. But I know that Volkswagen and other people view Canada positively, and the government touches on this too, in the sense that, look, we we pay our workers well, we have very high environmental standards, we have very high labor um, standards as well, we have very highly educated workforce, we have a good workforce, um, peaceful communities, good uh, regulation structure. And I know we complain and we're rightfully so that, you know, we have regulation overload and it takes forever to set up stuff, which is true. But comparatively speaking, we're actually pretty good at that. So all those conditions and the biggest one going forward to clean energy. So we're investing a lot in our cleaning up our energy mix, how we create energy. Uh, if you're in Quebec or Ontario, there's a lot of nuclear and hydroelectric, which helps. But if you're in the Atlantic or the uh, Western provinces, you have a higher use of, of of natural gas or coal, which are being phased out, but that'll take time. So all this comes together in a package of, okay, how, how good is Canada as a place to invest in? And that's important. We think there's still a long ways to go and if we're going to be electrifying um, our economy more uh, we're going to need to invest heavily obviously in uh, clean electric production going forward but on all these scores right Don it's it we're, we're we're making improvements and we're moving in that direction but what we'd like to see it go faster <laughs> and better too yeah, because we're we are pay, playing catch up. Uh, we are, especially to, to, uh, compared to our neighbors to the south. Um, but also, uh, I guess what we also have to look at they are typically investments. It's not necessarily a straight handout. There mm -hmm. are maybe it's not a return on investment that is monetary necessarily, yeah. but there are huge return on investment with jobs with economic input with with other things as well and i think i think that's what people may not see at least they the impression i have they they don't necessarily see the uh the fact that yeah that's it's a lot of money the government government's dumping in but it's it's seen as an investment and and that's yeah. that's, that's that's it's not a handout <laughs> yeah se. and and look it you know when we're talking about volkswagen it, it's a lot of money uh, and it's yes. a lot of yes. money Yep. But I view it more less of as, an, as an investment, because as soon as you start measuring it as an investment, it's like, well, how many jobs? Oh, it's only a couple hundred or a thousand. Well, that's a lot of money per job, right? I think you have to look at it as an anchor. You're investing in an anchor. Yeah. You're looking at a plant like the Volkswagen one in St. Thomas that and and then the other Stellantis is making similar investments on the battery front, right? And, and yeah, in Windsor we have one being built uh, not too far away from me. Yeah, yeah. So these are anchors, and by that I mean is that it you're, you're putting a plant down somewhere. Okay, well now you're going to need to to feed it with critical minerals. Okay, well if you're Rio Tinto or anyone who's producing or uh, mining and, and processing these minerals. Well, now you have a plant that's really in your backyard that you have a customer that you can deliver to. So it, these anchors act as a stimulation for the investment and the creation of the supply chain. So yeah, it's, it's, 
there's all those problems, economic problems of picking winners and losers um, and, and, you know, uh, making bets and, and spending. But at the end of the day, it's that anchor investment for, um, for industrial development that's needed. And, you know, we have to remember, like we said earlier, Canada is a small country. So we have the government has to chip in a bit more than it would in the States or maybe in China, mm-hmm. because they have such economies of scale. If we want to compete um, and to hold on to what we have, we have to grease the skids a bit more than they would because of that scale problem that we have. True enough. And I, I guess I look at uh, here locally, we, we have a battery plant going in and it's huge. I mean, it's, it's just a massive uh, structure that's being built. And um, I think that though the local population has a tendency to see it a little differently because we've been in so involved in the automotive industry for so many years and we've seen things come and go, but we have a lot of tool and die makers that are still going strong that have diversified and that are, you know, still valuable and will be valuable for those new anchors that are coming in. And it also opens up the possibility of other uh, downstream. Uh, We have the Stellantis plant here still, but there's other still existing infrastructure that would be able to potentially house other possible downstream customers of, of that facility. But I think the, it really it's it's the the understanding of the supply chain leading in, and there's an awful lot of companies and a lot of experience and knowledge on the automotive side that can uh, can translate very nicely into the uh, the new uh, new reality for uh, Essex County and and uh, Windsor Ontario. Anyway. I'm going to do like I did last time and ask you sort of for some parting comment as to this particular pillar and lead us into uh, where we'll go with the last two pillars, which will be coming up uh, in in future uh, podcasts. So the floor is yours, Matt. Thanks, Don. And I think what what's important for for your audience to know uh, of what we're up to and what we're asking for is um when it comes to investment and innovation, um, you know, we need to create a good business climate to attract that investment. And part of that is making sure that our R and D incentives are up to snuff and are, are, are competitive globally. So that's all making sure that the investment climate here is, is sound and robust. That's one big part of it. But then the investment piece of how do you bring in technology, how do you fix that problem of Canadian companies being behind their peers in terms of innovation and investment? Well, we need to the, the government to step up and help uh, incentivize that through what we're calling for is in, input tax credit. So if you make an investment in a piece of, of machinery and equipment or in software technology, you get X amount um back um on your taxes so that's the main vehicle that that we're pushing on something like this and it's something that already exists i'll uh i'll say in atlantic canada at the federal level right so there's the atlantic investment tax credit um that essentially gives 10 percent 
And most of the provinces like Newfoundland also give a 10%. So if you're investing in these, uh, in machinery and equipment and in automation and all these important processes, you're getting 20, a 20% tax rebate on this stuff. That's significant. And that really moves the needle. So what we've asked for is that, hey, look, at the federal level, you have this that already exists in Atlantic Canada. Let's apply it to the whole country. Um, Ontario has already moved along this line in their last budget a few months ago. They introduced a new tax credit. There's some hiccups in terms of, you know, who qualifies and who doesn't. But the point is, is that they got that this is important to drive that innovation and to fix that um, that that historical Canadian problem that we've had in underinvesting in these areas. So. Those are good developments that I would say, Don, that have happened in the last three, four months. We finally convinced them of the importance of this. And I think the government has agreed that if we're ever going to move the needle on investment and innovation, we need to pony up too. So, you know, the floodgates are open. Our job now in the next little bit is to make sure that they, they stick to it and that that applies to all manufacturers and not just some um, some pet sectors that uh, any particular government at any time would like, but that it applies to all manufacturing. I think if we do that um, and we're successful at that with the support of our members, then then we're going to be able to to move the needle, like I said, on on a lot of these files. And uh, and the, and that the money gets spent appropriately, yeah. but it gets spent because the. There are there's a lot of funds out there that have been earmarked for various things in the uh, federal government that just have sat there and and so it really has to happen. But I think that's uh, yes, that's the government, but it's also industry pushing to say, hey, you said we could, you know use this these funds and this is what we want to use them for and they're it's legit. Let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I totally hear you, and uh, and the thing is to. We Canadians have got a pretty good reputation for being a pretty smart bunch, and 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 making things, uh, making things work, being innovative, being you know, uh, leaders in a lot of ways in a lot of different uh, technical areas. Uh, so we should have what it takes to do it. Thank you, Matt. Again, really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to having you back a couple more times at least. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. And uh, again, thanks for all those of you who are listening and uh, keep tuned. We'll, uh, we'll be uh, bringing out a, more ideas and, and more thoughts uh, in future broadcasts. So uh, bye for now. Thanks for listening to CTEA's On the Radar podcast. Don's been speaking with Matt Poirier, the Senior Director of National Policy and Government Relations at Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. Matt and Don will be digging into the remaining two pillars over the next couple of episodes. Up next is increasing domestic manufacturing production and exports. We'll have more engaging discussions and interviews in upcoming episodes. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps more people to find us and it helps us in the ratings. As always, thanks for listening.